Hi, my name is Serena. I am a mother to a toddler and currently pregnant. And hi, I'm Lisa, also known as the singing Amma. Amma means grandmother in Icelandic. I am a mama and an Amma. At the beginning of my first pregnancy, I felt like I was lacking my village, which is why we are here creating a village with you in hopes that you won't feel as isolated as I did. I also felt the lack of a village in my early parenting years way back when. And I come to our village with a background in early childhood education. I have been coaching parents along their parenting journeys and supporting them for over 35 years. I'm Alisa and I invite you to grab your latte or your tea and come sit around the proverbial fire with us each week when we come together to have a conversation where we'll be talking all things parenting, keeping it real, keeping it raw right here with you. Hi, it's Amma Lisa here, the singing Amma. And uh, today I'll start us off by reading another one of my previously published magazine columns, originally published in the Fishbowl magazine on Salt Spring Island. And after the reading, Mama Serena will join me, and together we will dive a little deeper into today's topic, sibling struggles. All right, let's go. Dear singing Amma, how can I get my oldest child to start treating his younger sibling kindly. I make a point of having a time once a week with just our eldest and I, but even that doesn't seem to be helping. Signed, Struggling Mama. Dear Sibling Struggles, I love that you are creating time for mama dates. That is something I recommend for all families and for both parents to take individual time with each child, even in single-child families. In our fast-paced society, taking special time out to just be with one child is huge. And I would hasten to say it is helping, even though challenges between the children are still evident. It is easy to automatically disregard our children's less-than-desirable feelings for a new sibling. Without being aware, we are even doing it. Saying things like, Of course you don't hate your sister. Sounds logical. But can actually have a negative impact, causing upsetting feelings to build up inside. Feelings will eventually find a way out. When a child lashes out at a sibling, either physically or verbally, resist the urge to give the, quote, aggressor attention. Focus instead on the, quote, injured party. Not with pity, but simply by giving information without blaming. Quote, 
It can hurt to be poked. Your brother needs to learn to use words instead of hands. That's a direct quote from Siblings Without Rivalry by Adele Faber and Elaine Maslich. I'll hasten to say there that even if it's a toddler and an infant, so the infant wouldn't be able to understand what you're saying, you still say it. You still give the situation some words, and the toddler is listening. And even though they may be very young, they learn and they understand a lot more than we sometimes give them credit for. At the same time, it is integrally important to allow for feelings to be expressed, though not through physical or name-calling hurtful ways. When one pokes or pushes, say, people are not for hurting. Tell me with words how you're feeling. Say, I feel annoyed always having a little sister around. Then acknowledge, wow, annoyed. That is a big feeling. Encourage young children to draw pictures of their feelings. Another outlet. Even scribbles can be very expressive. Then get them to tell you about their pictures. Write their words out for them, showing they've really been heard. As Dorothy Baruch wrote in New Ways in Discipline, quote, not till the bad feelings come out can the good ones get in, end quote. And end of column. Sibling struggles. I have a lot of experience with that. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, now that you mention it, so do I. Yeah, I actually ran away from home because when I was 11, um, in the snow, when I, (laughs) and I walked for miles and miles and I was trying to get to my Emma's house and I never got there. And then when I got home, nobody had even noticed that I was gone. It was devastating. It was devastating, (laughs) but that was because one of my brothers used to beat me up so much. I ran away from home. Yeah. So yeah, I know about the sibling upset too, for sure. Mm -hmm. So how can we create this more positively for you bringing a new sibling in? (laughs) I'm excited to do that for you and with you. Yeah, I like how you say giving information without blaming, because aside from the sibling struggles, my most of my frustration came when I would get blamed. And sometimes it was my brother saying, Serena pinched me and we're sitting on opposite sides of the room and I don't even know why but he would just randomly start crying and say I did something when I didn't and my mom would come running in and well leave your brother alone why would you just or automatically blaming me when I did absolutely nothing and that's where more frustration came from Mm. Mm -hmm. so Yes. And, and then, I mean, 
you know, from that parent's point of view, they think they're protecting that younger child. Mm -hmm. your point of view, you're not only mad at your brother, you're also mad at your mother and you're mad at the whole world. Now Mm -hmm. that is not the way to create a loving, compassionate, friendly, peaceful family environment. (laughs) Not at all. Yeah. It's just us creating more of a distance between us and more anger. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And more acting out of some kind or another at some point. Mm-hmm. And sibling fights can get really ugly. They can get really bad. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I say that more from just seeing the way a lot of siblings interact with each other and, and it can get so bad. And I guess the, the biggest point is for a parent to learn how to manage it instead of just telling your kids, no, don't do that. You as a parent learning how to manage it. And like you say, allow for feelings and give them words. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Giving them the words, allowing the feelings. If we don't, if we don't acknowledge a child's feelings and allow them to have the feelings. So let's use that example. I hate the baby, you know, because the mama says, of course, you don't hate the baby. That dis- disregards the feeling. And we say those kinds of things because we, A, we don't want it to be true. <laughs> and B, we know that it's not true all the time. Um, but shutting those feelings down doesn't make the feeling go away. It makes the feeling go into subterfuge. It makes it hide. <laughs> and all behavior that explodes in upsets or tantrums or yelling or hitting or any of those, what we would think of as the negative behaviors, those behaviors come from feelings building up inside and not being allowed to be expressed. That's a big feeling to feel like you hate this little baby. I totally hear that sometimes it's just plain annoying. You're furious that we have a new baby in the family. I get that. I get how hard this is for all of us to adjust to having a new baby. And it's okay to be really upset about that sometimes. You're allowing those feelings to be there and to exist and not judging them and not pushing them aside or pretending they're not there. So the child gets to feel that it's okay to feel mad. You know, it's like when we're adults, it's okay to feel mad sometimes. Shit happens in the world, in your family, in your life, at your work, whatever it is, stuff happens that doesn't feel okay. It's okay not to be okay with that you know, and when we're little and, and a lot of adults, we don't know how to talk that through and we don't have somebody safe to talk it through with. But if you can give your child that gift where it's okay to have yucky feelings, then they're going to feel safe. And in that feeling safe, they can bring those feelings to you 
and not explode them all over the new baby. <laughs> right. And sometimes, you know, actually hurt a baby or, or say really upsetting, you know, mean things to their sibling as they grow up too. Right. So creating a safe space for our children to express their feelings in helpful ways and avoid having them explode in outrageous behaviors or words. Super important. Yeah, and there's there's a lot of different sibling struggles that happen. And maybe when you have a baby and a child or a baby and a toddler, it's jealousy. And then when they're a little older and they're playing with toys, it's sharing. And then maybe when they get older, it's their different personalities and the way they behave or just interact with each other. And and sibling struggles really continues for a while, maybe sometimes even until somebody leaves the home. And after. Come on, and, how's and your relationships with your siblings now? Come on. Yeah, yeah. So mm -hmm. so teaching them young, I think is so important because it really does continue for, that's like a permanent relationship. Yep. One of the most permanent relationships that you have to maintain throughout your whole exactly. life. Mm -hmm. And And for me, one thing is I would, I'm very different than my siblings. So I would want to kind of control what they do and tell them what you're doing is wrong and bad. And, and, but they're just, they're just very different than I am. And, mm -hmm. and that's one thing I had to learn is letting go of that control. And I can't, I can't make them do what I want them to do because they're not going to do it. And it just causes more frustration. So mm -hmm. even, even as an adult, just learning to let them be who they are and accept them as who they are was one of my biggest lessons in trying to avoid our sibling struggles. Mm -hmm. And that whole piece about you wanting to tell them how to do things, you know, the, I was that sibling too. I was like the controlling one. And when we grow into being the controlling one or the responsible child who knows how things should be being done, that's our particular way of coping with the dysfunctions in our family, mm -hmm. with the times you were told to not hurt your brother when you hadn't touched your brother. You know, that's your way of trying to cope with a world that is a little bit crazy because I didn't actually hurt my brother and now I'm being told off for hurting my brother. And so we, we learn these coping mechanisms and for you and I, one of those was trying to control the environment around us and the people in it, you know, and so, <coughs> excuse me, part of our growth and learning throughout our adult lives is to, um, to notice that we, we don't have to be in control, we don't have to use that coping mechanism. For some children, their coping mechanism is going to be acting out more and more and more and more, and creating more chaos, because there's so much chaos in some family life and some family dynamics, that if they create chaos and can divert some of the attention away from some bigger problems, maybe there's alcoholism or drug addiction or 
you know, some um, anger in, in the parents, if they can divert some attention, they'll do that. And that's their coping me mechanism to try and calm the family life down in some weird way, you know? Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> really learning some of these really um, basic communication skills that none of us get taught <laughs> unless we happen to grow up in a family who, who knew these things. Um, it can be foundational for all of our lives, all of the people in our family's lives. Yeah. And sometimes when there is chaos and like you said, drug addiction or alcoholism, and, and sometimes maybe the older sibling has to kind of take the role of a parent. And then mm -hmm. that kind of, that sometimes comes out as resentment towards their sibling because they feel like they have so much responsibility over them. Totally. All of those things. And like we've said before, for parents who are choosing an awareness path, you know, you learn very early on, even in pregnancy, you can start learning that becoming a parent is going to be a healing opportunity for, um, for your coping me mechanisms that you developed as a child. You can, you can heal some of the pain from your own childhood just by having your own child <laughs> and growing into being um, the, you know, the parent who tries not to yell as much at your child as you were yelled at, <clears throat> tries not to hit your child if you happen to be spanked knowing that those things are not helpful, that those things are actually going to hurt your relationship with that young human being that's growing and learning. Yeah, and sometimes I feel like some we want to speak to the people who aren't really even searching for our podcast. And we're speaking to, because parents who are more aware are the ones looking for parenting podcasts right? mm -hmm. and so they're more cautious and they're learning and but sometimes we want our message to get to the parents <laughs> who aren't like that mm -hmm. so please <laughs> share our episode with people that you think could benefit from it because a lot of people can use this information, but they're not looking for it because they're not aware of mm -hmm. That's true. what the problem is. <laughs> yes. I like the part in the book, uh, Siblings Without Rivalry, that I mentioned in the column, where you resist the urge to give the aggressor the attention. So the, so the older sibling who's picking on the new baby whether it's physically or, or verbally acting inappropriately, saying mean things to the baby, whether or not the baby can understand it, you want to nip that kind of behavior in the bud. But rather than focusing on, don't say that to your new baby or, oh, honey, that's not a nice thing to say, or however that comes out, don't focus on the child who has done the behavior that you want to change. Focus instead on giving information to the one that's being, yes, to the one that's the, the one that was being hurt, mm -hmm. whether they're aware of it or not. If it's a, if it's a young, tiny baby, they won't be aware of it, but you pick up the baby 
and you say, oh, it can hurt feelings when you get told that you don't, they don't want you in the family. That can really hurt feelings. And focusing on the 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 other one, the one that's not, because we all, we want to go and stop the behavior and we want to give them the attention and stop the behavior. Whereas focusing our attention on the other one doesn't give the child who's acting out the attention that they're craving. Then turning to the child who acted out and giving them some positive attention. Sometimes it can help if we're having big feelings to just move in for a hug. Sometimes it can really help to say, hey, mom, I need a story time or whatever it might be for your child. So giving them some attention after you've given the information and given the initial attention to the new baby. Yeah, and giving them words so they understand what they're doing, right? Is how, yes. how, how they're affecting their sibling by going to the sibling that they're trying to maybe hurt and saying, explaining with words. Like, I forgot in which episode we mentioned it, like sharing and mm -hmm. not, not just telling them to share because they're not going to get that, but saying, oh, look at Sally. She looks sad because she doesn't have a car. Maybe she can play with it when you're done. Yeah. And, and saying to Sally, can I play with that when you're done? Mm -hmm. Or first of all, the child who the car got taken from, I don't like you taking that car. I wanted to play with it can I play with it when you're done? If they've both been, you know, whatever, however the situation is, but back to the, back to, let's use the same example of the baby here. That's Sorry. okay. No, it's good. It's good. Cause it's the same kind of tool to use. Yeah. Um, but it was, I was, my brain was getting confused about how to put them both into the same conversation. So in this example, um, people are not for hurting. Tell me with words, what you're feeling. And then you could say, I feel so angry about having this baby around all the time. And, and that's okay to say that. If that's the feeling that's inside, it's okay to say that. You know, you don't always, you're not always absolutely 100% in love with your husband. It's mm -hmm. okay. It doesn't mean that you're going to walk out the door and never come back. It means that right now, I don't like you very much. And that's okay. But it's when we bottle up those feelings that the behavior may get to a place where it's not helpful and actually hurtful. So giving them the words for sure. I really liked at the end, not till the bad feelings get out, can the good ones come in? Yes, 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 yes. It's so that's it. That's and they, right there. they can't come out unless you know how to express with words or you're giving given something to paint with to get those feelings out mm -hmm. cre creatively. Mm -hmm. um, drawing your feelings out is an incredibly powerful, easy tool to use. If a child is having big feelings, I've often used this in my coaching 
um, when, a, when a parent is dealing with the same, uh, like an ongoing problem and it's getting bigger and bigger, then as soon as you can feel the feelings building up and starting to erupt, get them those crayons, get them as big a piece of paper as you can and say, draw, draw that feeling. There's a big feeling it wants to get out and you don't have the words for it, draw it on paper and then you tell me the words. And it can happen fast, so fast. After my separation from my daughter's dad, she had some really hard times and she was really acting out when she would get home from his place on the occasional weekend she went there. And I used this tool and oh my gosh, some of her pictures, she was a bit older. She was seven or eight at this time. Some of her pictures, actually, I wanted to cry because they were so descriptive of how she was feeling left out with him and his new partner and her kids. Oh my goodness. Mm. Even little kids though, they'll scribble all over the page. And even just that physical action of scribbling on the page and you say, wow, that looks like a lot of feelings. Look at those red lines going all around and look at those black dots everywhere. And you describe the painting or the picture. Um, can you tell me about this painting or this picture? And they will tell you, they will tell you the details. And this is how it feels inside my tummy when you pick up the baby and I want you to pick me up. They will tell you, maybe not in that many words, depending on how verbal your little one is. They might just say, I don't like the baby. That's what the picture is. I don't like the baby. And that's okay. Thank you for drawing a picture of how it feels right now. What about say like boys are more aggressive and like to physically let out their emotions so having what about having a punching bag or absolutely having a punching bag um children in general and yes little boys have more testosterone in their bodies generally and especially when they're four or five years old um, getting them outside and into physical activity, you're actually going to preemptively mitigate the, um, some of the problems in behavior. And that means <laughs> you won't have that um, aggressive behavior coming out as much if they have outlets for their big physical energy. Having a place where if there's a pond or if you live by the ocean or a lake, having a place where they can throw stones into the water, um, having a pillow that they can punch even. There's some big energy and it's not so much about you want to punch the baby. So now you can punch a pillow. I would have it be more about you have such big energy in your body and being angry that there's a baby in our family is big energy and it's hard to know what to do with. Let's pound this pillow right now. You don't have to get a punching bag. Just use cushions off the couch or a pillow off the bed. And both of you pound the pillow. You know, when I was doing some of my early work in my own healing, as when my daughter was very young, um, my healing of my family of origin traumas that I experienced, I learned from my first counselor that what I really needed to do was get some of my anger out. And I needed to get it out in appropriate ways. And so because I had noticed that I was starting to yell at my child, and I never wanted to yell at my child. And so, so the suggestion from the counselor was to, to hit a punch a pillow, if you're feeling angry and upset. <laughs> 
And I was like, okay. So I went home and I told my partner and I told my child who was three or four at the time, maybe three, maybe even younger. I don't know. She, and, and I said, you know, so one of the things that mama's going to do when I'm feeling cranky and I feel like I'm going to get cranky at, at one of you is I'm either going to go for a walk. I'm going to go for a good fast walk. And if it's to a child, we could go for a walk together if you have big feelings or I'm going to punch a pillow. And it's just because we have energy in our bodies. So the next time my daughter heard my voice going, I mean, I don't actually know that I ever yelled actually at my child, but my stern voice was like, I don't like what's going on right now. And she, you know, <laughs> she was like, mama, I think you need a PO. <laughs> can I, can I get you a PO? <laughs> so she would have been really little. She was probably two and a half or three. She was a very early speaker as well, but she still said PO. <laughs> and so she did. She went running off and got me a pillow. And of course that changed the mood. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. I didn't actually, I didn't actually need, the pillow, I didn't actually the need to punch the PO. <laughs> oh, that's adorable. Yeah. So, you know, engaging them in the fact that you have struggles too is, can be really helpful, but yes, giving a child who has lots of energy, physical energy, and some girls do as well. Um, lots of physical energy, uh, giving them an outlet for that for sure can be helpful. Yeah. Yeah. So sibling struggles can really be nipped in the butt when you start early and nipped in the bud in the butt <laughs> did it sound like bud no it is bud oh it is bud <laughs> i thought it was nipped in the butt nipped in the bud so <laughs> when a plant is budding and you nip it you snip it down it stops the growth <laughs> i always imagine it getting stops it from in sprouting <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> i love that so much <laughs> i'm really sure you shouldn't edit this out this is really good nipped in the butt <laughs> i always imagine somebody it's nipping so someone in the butt or a dog <laughs> so good no no nipped in the bud stopped <laughs> before it starts stopped before it blooms <laughs> You learn something new every day, right? No, it's good. <laughs> All right, that's great. <laughs> so let's just leave it there. I don't think we can top that. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks for being here with us, everybody. Hope that was helpful. And I hope you got a good giggle at the end. Thank you for your gracious learning, Serena. <laughs> Thank you for teaching me, Emma. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. So I just wanted to share my three gems from this episode. Number one being giving information without blaming. Number two, allow and acknowledge for feelings like saying, wow, that's a big feeling. And number three, not till the bad feelings get out can the good ones come in. Thanks for listening to this episode and we hope we helped you learn how to manage sibling struggles a little bit easier thanks for being here with us in our virtual village we'd love you to join our facebook group at the village parenting community and on instagram 
at the Village Parenting Pod. And if you enjoy our podcast, please like, subscribe, and share. Also, if you have a moment, please leave us a review. It makes a big difference for us in reaching more parents out there who may be feeling alone. Please direct message us to connect also. We absolutely love hearing from you. And until next week, we'll be keeping it real and raw right here with you. This podcast is sponsored by the Singing Elma's private parent coaching and workshop offerings and also by Enlightened Designs for Crafty Mamas.